Hello and welcome to another episode of the Prop Swap Podcast. We are your hosts, Ian Epstein and Luke Pergandy. And we are also the founders of PropSwap, the first marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We've got another great episode for you. We will be joined by the Chief Revenue Officer of Front Office Sports, Andrew Bukowski. We will go over our favorite stake or swap picks. Uh, but first, uh, we're going to touch on a story that we talked about a couple of weeks ago uh, regarding the World Cup. Uh, there was a better out there. Uh, who made a massive seven-leg parlay uh, back in March uh, for $26 he wagered. And I'm just going to run through these. Uh, it included Kansas to win March Madness, the Warriors to win the NBA Finals, the Avalanche to win the Stanley Cup, AC Milan to win their Italian Serie A League, uh, LAFC to win the MLS Cup, Manchester City to win the 2022 uh, English Premier League, and then last but certainly not least, France to win the World Cup. Uh, he bet $26 to win $557,000. Uh, and when we first uh, mentioned this story, it was just before the World Cup was going to begin, and he had a cash-out offer from the sportsbook for $86,000, uh, which, as we discussed, was actually more than what the market value of that ticket was worth. Uh, however, the, the better decided not to take the cash-out offer, uh, ride it through the group stage, through the quarterfinals, uh, and all the way to the finals against Argentina. Uh, the day before uh, the the finals against Argentina, he had a new cash-out offer of $283,000, $283,000, and this better wisely took the cash-out offer. Uh, I would have said that was wise regardless of the result, uh, but as we all know, uh, France ended up losing. Um, It could have been a lot worse. They were down 2-0, ended up tying it up and then going into extra time and then PKs, but uh, that would have been a wild ride. Uh, And so uh, we just want to say congratulations uh, to that better for once again, turning $26 into $283,000 on a losing bet. Um, And, you know, we always, we always uh, applaud people who, who take the the guaranteed cash. Personally, I would have taken the the 86 uh, before the world cup, but uh, he, uh, he held out and got another uh, $200,000 from from that offer. So uh, kudos uh, to to that better. And uh, hopefully that story will, uh, will resonate with other betters when uh, they're faced with that decision. And, and uh, they will, they will go with the old adage that uh, no one ever went broke taking a profit. So, um, uh, a really nice end to that story, uh, and uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll touch more on on some futures uh, coming up in uh, in stake or swap. Uh, but without further ado, let's get into the interview. And we are here with Andrew Butkowski, the Chief Revenue Officer for Front Office Sports. Andrew, thanks for joining us this week. Happy to be here. Good to see you guys. Uh, so I, I guess we'll, we'll start off with uh, what exactly front office sports is um, and and what your role is uh, with, with the company. Front office sports was founded about five years ago as a newsletter um, to modernize the business of sports. Uh, we looked at the landscape out there, Sports Business Journal and some of those players, and they were serving a purpose but really wasn't 
uh, modern uh, and talking about the business side of it. So it was a newsletter first. We're now up to almost a million subscribers there, uh, reaching every team and league, university, college, anything, anybody that's in and around marketing people, anybody that's in and around sports reads the newsletter. And I hope you both do too. I'm sure you do. Um, so we have since branched out to be a multi-platform digital media company. We just relaunched the website a few months ago, so everything gets ported over there. There's also original content on that. Uh, social has really gotten a lot larger for us. We've grown our LinkedIn to be the largest sports publisher, bigger than ESPN, bigger than anybody. Uh, on that platform, TikTok, Twitter, the whole thing. So <clears throat> as a multi-platform digital media publisher, we kind of speak out of both sides of our mouth. So on one side, if you're in the business of sports, obviously you read us. And, and if you're a company that wants to reach that demographic, then for sure you'll be uh, partnering with us. On the other side, we really are a B2C platform as well. There's a lot of people that are now interested in Tom Brady's new contract that he's about to leave Tampa Bay for to go be a sports announcer. Um, or just the valuation of teams that are being sold nowadays. It's just, it's incredible. Those stories now that people are talking about that they didn't used to. So there is a B2C element that, that we talk to uh, when we work with brands and marketers. My role here is all around revenue generation, partnerships, doing all the different kinds of things that will bring a brand onto the platform. Uh, so everything from original content that we'll do to just straight up brand advertising and stuff like that. So that's my role. Yeah, no, I um, I had heard about front office sports before I knew you started working for them. So I think, you know, with your background and then maybe just talk about your background and how you got to this company. Because um, to my mind, like uh, I uh, subscribe to Sportico as well. And it seems to be you guys are very similar to them. I know they they started to throw conferences as well. And I know we talked in New Jersey when I saw you over the summer that that might be something you guys will do in the future. Um, but yeah, just, and maybe just speak to like how this is different than Rolling Stone. And, uh, I know you've only been here for a little bit of time and you were at Rolling Stone for longer, but just, you know, yeah. comparing your background versus front office. Yep. So I, I've been in, in media for my career, started off in television, moved to digital. I spent a, a year and a half at Rolling Stone to your point there. And I've been here for almost a year now. Um, it's just it's all about the audience and the vertical and the platform more so than it is, you know, what, what the difference between, obviously the difference between a Rolling Stone and here is just, is exponential. One is what it is. The other is, you know, we're five years old and we're in the sports world. They're 50 years old and they're in music. Um, but it's about partnering with brands. Um, so um, for me growing in, and now tapping into the sports gambling side is very interesting because I'm passionate about the platform myself, you know, gambling, as you guys know, I dabble. Um, <laughs> but also uh, um, we've partnered with those guys, The whether we had an exclusive with DraftKings a year ago, that exclusivity ended and now suddenly we're working with pretty much everybody out there, odds checker, um, points bet, and I'll talk about that one in a second. We renewed with DraftKings, we've worked with odds jam, just a bunch of different players in the space because they are forming relationships with teams and brands and leagues, but also our audience. They want to reach our audience. Uh, so as it relates, I'll, I'll talk about points in a sec, but I did want to talk about what you said in events. 
So the way we're going to do events is different than Sportico. They're going to say, hey, come, let's talk about the business of sports on this, wherever they're talking about. Sports Business Journal does a lot, too. It's very, very B2B. We're going to do ours in a little bit of a different way where we're going to talk to people at an event. So we'll go to Super Bowl in Glendale this year, and we're going to do a brunch where we'll have people that are at the Super Bowl that will want to talk to NFL executives, the city of Glendale, Travel and Tourism Bureau, what the Super Bowl means to the city, small businesses, what it means to the community. That's going to be our type of event rather than, hey, let's have a couple talking heads up on a on a dais talking about, you know, the, the whatever, you know, not that that's a bad thing. It's just different. We'll do it a little different. Um, I want to talk about our points bet relationship. So they came to us and they have about 1.3 million subscribers. Do you hear it in the background? <laughs> yeah, yep, maybe you would. Um, so they, they came to us and they wanted us to produce a newsletter for them. They wanted to do something for their for their customers, but they really didn't have anything that was professionally produced from a content perspective. So we now hired two editors and we produce a newsletter three times a week for them that's expanding to five times. It's our editors, nice. our writers, we're creating the content. They kind of put their, their face on it and then send it out. So we can offer that product as a unique proposition to a lot of different people. Got it. Um, how does one subscribe to that? Because I think it's great. Um, I get every email under the sun for sports betting coverage, and I honestly think that email is the most succinct. It's simple to comb through. It's you know timely. Like how do how does someone subscribe to that? It's called Hustle, and you can go to hustle.pointsbet.com, uh, or it's it's promoted on our newsletter and throughout our our content as well. But that's the main way to go. Go to hustle.pointsbet.com. Um, and so I, I, I kind of want to just talk about the kind of maybe the industry as, as a whole, because uh, and, and you touched on this, just kind of the growth in terms of the the coverage of sports from the business side uh, has changed dramatically over the years. I mean, back in the day, player contracts were, were rarely talked about, and now every contract and you know even a, a minority stake in you know ownership stake in a, in a in a team is 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 highly scrutinized why do you think people's interest in this has grown so much uh and where do you see that kind of going in, in the future i think the numbers are just bigger you know that's really why i mean when you talk about team valuations when you're looking at the broncos that sold for five billion or close to that and the family that was involved in that you know, the Walton. So that was that was an interesting play. The contracts, when you talk about Aaron Judge's contract is three hundred and sixty million, it's New York. You know, the media coverage of that and his free agency throughout the whole year was so big that a lot of different people were talking about it. So I think just the numbers of it and the, the players around it, sports in general, I think has grown as well over the past ten years. You know, not just from a valuation perspective, but just the players, the personalities, social media has helped them uh, uh, grow. And so that's a big reason why I think the business of sports has grown. The stadiums that people are building now are much different. There's communities around them. So all of that really plays a role in why I think business has changed. Gotcha. Um, and then, you know, uh, you know, obviously sports betting is just becoming, you know, so much more of a, of, of a part of, of the sports, you know, uh, business, uh, landscape. Um, how do you think these sports leagues 
view the the sports betting companies? Do you think they see it? Just, you know, it's a cash grab to try and get as much sponsorship dollars as possible, or do you think these leagues actually want to really partner with the betting companies in a, in a meaningful way? I think in the beginning it was a cash tra- cash grab, right? DraftKings and FanDuel were spending so much money that they wanted those dollars as much as they could just from an advertising perspective. And since then, I think when they see the type of audience that it's attracting, younger a younger demographic, a more upscale demographic, and, it, and the engagement factor. You know, as a better, I will watch a game differently and more intensely if I bet on it. If I don't bet on a game, I barely watch it. So that engagement, I think, is playing a big role in why teams and leagues are partnering with the, the platforms. And and so, you know, where do you, you know, how, how do you think these, these these leagues can can really partner with them? You know, is it, you know, in-game betting? Is it in-stadium experiences? You know, where, where do you see the, the leagues and the betting companies going together um, that, you know, we don't see today? Both. I think you're seeing a lot of it, like, I went to a game in in uh, at the Prudential Center, and there was like, you know, they had a setup, a couple of girls promoting it. You can go and sign up for the platform and bet. I think that's one way of doing it. The other way is they're going to have full full blown sports books inside stadiums now because they want people to come in and have an experience around the game, not just sit there and watch the game, right? I think in game is going to be it already is a much different experience for a, a better and again the engagement factor in-game is very different. If you look at Amazon on Thursday night, do you watch those, the Thursday night games on Amazon, right? They have one channel that's the regular broadcast, and then they have the Stats channel. You know, that Stats channel is incredible. Right now, it's not really talking about gambling per se, but when you have that Stats channel and you can really apply a live betting feature to it, which they will, I mean, everybody's kind of watching that with a keen eye to see how they can build out their platforms, but that's going to be really interesting to watch a game like that. Yeah, um, we uh, we had Mitch Moss uh, on the podcast last week, uh, who's a, a host on on Veasan, and um, we were talking about you know the the future of basically ancillary broadcasts, right? The, you, you've got the Manning cast, uh, and you know I, I think in the not dis- too distant future, you'll start to see more like you know bet casts where you're you're watching the game with different announcers that are that are you know focused on the the the, the betting side of things. But uh, that actually kind of leads to my to my next question, which was. Um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, the Cowboys Colts game uh, became the first NFL game to be streamed on an American sportsbook app. It was it was on the the Caesars app. You could watch the the, the Sunday night football game. Um, do you see people uh, watching games on a sportsbook app while they're live betting as the future of live sports consumption, or do you think largely you know those two experiences will will remain separate? I would say they probably, from a Caesars perspective, they want that because they want the engagement. They want people to go and watch the game and bet on their platform. As a layman, I'll call myself as a gambler. I'm going to, first of all, I shop around. So it's not one platform that I'm married to. But secondly, I don't want to be tied to an experience from some, you know, like I love going to a bar and watching with seven TVs on NFL Sunday and betting on my platform. I don't want to have to go into a platform and stream and watch and some, you know, whatever size that's not my 85 inch. It's just, it's a big, uh, a big different experience. You know, it's a big difference in experience. So I, nice. I, I wouldn't say never, but I think the fragmentation of that is going to be very difficult, right? Oh, I'm not on Caesars. So I didn't even, first of all, I didn't even know that happened. 
But second of all, I'm not on Caesars, so I'm not going to watch the game. I don't care. The NFL isn't going to want that, right? Because they want people to watch the game. So they're they're not going to do an exclusive with one of those. Maybe the 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 platform will pay more. Obviously, they did to be able to stream it. But I I don't know that it'll be so so prevalent in the future. A nice TV size drop there, 85 inch. Nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I I would echo that. I think um, while I do, there's space for people to be streaming games on their phone. Everything is moving towards mobile, away from you know digital TVs. I agree, there is space for it. But to Andrew's point, like then you're married to making a bet on that app, and if you're price shopping, that renders that useless. So um, no, that's a that's a fair point. Going back a step, um, I wanted to tell the origin story of how you met us. So am I allowed if, to say that? I don't want to. Yeah. No, I know, I know. Um, I had a future. I forget what it was in now. This is a long time ago. We're going back like five or six years. What was my future? You remember? I had some future that was like way in the money. And I I listen to Veasan, so I know Mitch Mom yeah. very well. I listen to him every morning at seven o'clock. And so I reached out to you and I said, hey, I got this future. And unfortunately, I had at that time been using a platform that most people wouldn't call legal. Uh, So I I couldn't post the ticket. But as soon as I I heard about you guys, which was through VEASAN, and saw what you guys were doing, I was, it's awesome. I just looked it up. Raptors to win the East. Oh, right. (laughs) Was that that the Kawhi Leonard uh, season? Yeah. 2018. Yeah. Good, good thing you didn't sell. I know. I know. Although I'm a conservative guy, I like a bird in the hand. So I would have if somebody gave me something. I have a future right now in Michigan. I think we, is that what you're going to mention? I have a future for yeah, them to please. win the title right now, 25 to 1. I bet it back in September. So I've been thinking about what to do with it. Again, it's unfortunately on a different platform, but, uh, but I've been thinking about what to do with it, and, and you guys come to mind first and foremost because, obviously, the true odds that you guys provide are very different than the cash-out options that the platforms offer. That's right. And if you wanted to hedge, you know, you'd have to bet TCU, and then you know, if Michigan wins that game, now you got to increase your hedge even more, and then if they play Georgia, they'll be an underdog. The, the hedging scenarios get, get very confusing, right? So having a, uh, a lump sum offer is, is, is a much um easier way to to navigate that but my guess is you you probably like michigan's chances against tcu am am i correct i still hedge though i did lay some off just because it's plus 285 and i was like you know what i'll take that if it happens it happens if they win it's not that much of that that'll lead into my winnings and i'll just have to figure out what i do with georgia or uh, i'm actually hoping ohio state wins because then michigan it'll be closer to an even money so i got to figure it out and and so how much uh obviously you're you're a very experienced sports better i'm sure you've been doing you've been you know been sports uh legally and maybe not legally uh for for years <laughs> uh what type of you know sports betting kind of expertise uh you know are you bringing to front office when when you got there were the you know you know f- you know head under you know full in into sports betting or have you kind of maybe uh shown them a light a little bit in terms of like you know from your perspective as as a better like this is what i would like to see this is what this is how i think we could we could make some uh you know meaningful waves yeah even yes that's what i do i bring the the better's perspective the consumer's perspective to it because i'll read some things even with points bet and the newsletter that we're producing for them i work with teddy over there and we'll say you know what like if you read the one that we put out, I don't know if it was today or yesterday, but they had both sides. Like they had two experts. One was all over I the commanders. That. The other was all over the giants. Like 
what does that do for me as a consumer? You know, if I'm going to say to PointsBet, yeah, I trust you guys. You guys are it for me. Why would I read? Literally, it was the same paragraph that had opposing views from their experts. So how hey, expert are they? They're, they're guaranteed to have one winner in there. They're, they're guaranteed to have a winner in there. That's, that's the well, they old... Uh... Send, send one newsletter to one point, you know, 600 yeah. grand and the other, and then that's, 600 That's the old, uh, the old 900 hotline trick was that yeah. uh, they would, you know, half their customer base, they would give one side, half the customer base would give the other side, and then they, mm-hmm. they knew that they would, you know, at least half them would, would get a winner. That's right. That's right. But yeah, I do. I bring the better's perspective. And when it, when we come up with content or we come up with uh, uh, specials or sponsorship opportunities, you know, it's, it's my perspective. Yeah. So the point I'm all clear on the points bet deal. Just uh, you mentioned that you renewed the DraftKings deal. What what does the DraftKings deal look like? In our newsletter, in our morning newsletter, we give out two a day. We send out one. The AM comes out around 8 AM and the PM is 430 to five somewhere in there. In the AM newsletter, we have a widget that is DraftKings, and it'll highlight the top three games of that day, and it'll show the DraftKings odds for them. So they own a piece of real estate in the newsletter that's very valuable. That's what they wanted. Uh, so that's what we renewed with them. Got it. Congrats. That makes a lot of sense. Um, Thanks. Yeah, I... Um... It's a super cool website. Uh, I would encourage everyone to check it out. Uh, and then again, subscribe to that newsletter. I get tons of newsletters, and this is by far the best gambling um, analysis pre. And of course, the Monday night game tonight is a clunker, but um, you know, next week should have a lot of good games again. Now, yesterday might have, what is, I'm, I think yesterday was the craziest NFL Sunday yet. Like that, that Raiders Patriots game is one of the dumbest slash like bewildering plays I've, I've ever seen. Um, it was an unbelievable sports day in general, right? Yeah. Cause you had the world cup at 10 AM Eastern time. And then it just couldn't have worked out any better because at 1258 that game ended and everyone's going nuts. And then you just flip right over to red zone and you're like, here we go, let's go. And then those games to your point, the chiefs game was insane. Yeah. The Dallas game was insane. I mean, the Jet game was insane. It was just an unbelievable, uh, an unbelievable football day. Yeah. Um, just uh, we, we we kind of breezed over this, but I think it's it's worth mentioning again. Uh, just your your time at Rolling Stone. Um, you know, uh, it's it's a it's an institution in terms of in terms of journalism in, in the U.S. Um, you know, I think it's kind of made famous in, uh, in the almost famous movie uh, with, uh, with 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 Cameron Crowe. Um, you know, but obviously things have changed a lot since, you know, since that time, um, what was, you know, what, what was your, uh, you know, position there? And, you know, did you get to see kind of the, the inside look of, you know, bands and, and, and pop culture? Because I mean, it's, it's really, you know, a unique, that the paper is really unique. It is, it is. It's an incredible brand, right? I mean, the cachet for 50 years of reporting on, on pop culture and, and music, incredible. I was the publisher there and it is an incredible brand, but at the end of the day, it was a job, right? So internally I had to work closely with the editorial team on the stories. The time I was there, Trump had been running for office and then won. And then it was a very tumultuous year. And you know, the, yes, they're a big music brand, but they also cover politics. And so they were writing about politics a lot because how could you not with everything that was going on at that time? So yes, I was on the inside of, Coachella and some of those, the, the, the mainstay now um, festivals that happen. But for the most part, it was working with brands 
and finding them the right home and the right partnership placement at that iconic brand. Incredible. Yeah. Um, all right, yeah. So it's a, a, little, a little different than the, uh, the Hunter S Thompson, uh, uh, days, but, um, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but no, that's, and, and, but, and so, you know, from your perspective, just, you know, where, where do you, you know, you've had, I feel like you've been on the music side, you've, you're now on the, the kind of sports business side. Uh, I mean, what are some of the, the kind of trends, uh, you see in, in kind of the, in this, in the sports business, uh, and just media landscape, you know, kind of going forward, what are you looking forward to that you think is maybe like uh, a little known thing, but really has a chance to ex- explode? Well, I think, uh, I think, and sports betting is leading this, the customer experience in games, and you can even relate it to music, right? When you're at a game or you're at a music festival, what is that experience like for the consumer and how are you going to get them engaged and, and interacting with content? So I think technology will play a role in that. But, um, but I also think that, that that's what the focus is for teams and leagues, like whether it's at the college level. I, th- I think sports in general is growing. You look at pickleball. Right, that's exploding now. So, so we'll see what happens there with all the buying into and the leagues and teams formation. Of that I think another next big will be women's volleyball. There's a pro league, couple of pro leagues that are starting there. So I think sports in general is gonna is gonna grow, uh, and you'll have audiences obviously attracted to all those. Lacrosse is getting much bigger in this country. Um, so I think. I think sports in general is growing, but the experience for consumers at those events, they're going to really try and blow that out. Look at stadiums today. SoFi Stadium, is in, it's unbelievable. Um, Alliant, Alliant Stadium, Allegiant. Allegiant, Allegiant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Allegiant, Vegas, amazing. So those types of experiences are what people are focused on. Yeah, um, you know, and this is, you know, kind of a topic that's been beaten over the head. Um, but, you know, attendance is down um, at, at a lot of these events. Uh, we we had a, a journalist from uh, Sports Illustrated on earlier on this podcast, and he and we, Luke and I are both surprised to find out that college football attendance is down. I, I thought it was just NFL, but uh, more people are opting to stay at home and watch on their, you know, your your 85-inch uh, uh, TV uh, with, with – uh, with you know all all the you know free snacks and beer, uh, and so I could definitely see how improving that that in game uh, experience you know is 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 needed, right? Because you need to you need to differentiate yourself from from the from the home experience. But you mentioned the the new leagues, right? Like pickleball and and women's volleyball, lacrosse. Um, do you see betting in, on those leagues on those teams? You know, playing a role in in growing those sports, uh, or you know maybe is it is it streaming right? Like just being able to watch these things uh, more easily. H- how do you see those sports kind of uh, growing in, in popularity? It'll start with personalities in the leagues. If there isn't a, a a big personality, we talked about that earlier. Why is sports bigger? Because there are personalities now, especially the NBA. They did they did a great job of focusing on personalities. Um, so I think if those leagues have a couple of people that stand out above everybody, those leagues will grow in popularity. I don't know that gambling on women's volleyball, I'm sure I will do it at some point, <laughs> but I can't imagine that I speak for the broader population when they say that could help grow the audience. But look, I think I think the in-game and at-game experience will be big for those leagues because there's, they're going to want to make it like a festival-type experience so that people will go like, am I really going to get in my car and drive over a half hour to go watch a pickleball tournament? 
if they have a food festival with it and a band playing and, 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 yeah, I'll go check it out for the day. But you really have to be a diehard to go. I mean, even football. Look, you just said college football attendance is down. I'll relate two experiences. My, my son, who went to Wisconsin. Now, you would think he would go to every single game. Never went to one game. Literally, the only time he went was when I was there because I was like, we got to go to a game, right? He would get up early. They would tailgate, and then he would want to sit in front of his 35-inch TV. (laughs) 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 Um, But that's what he wanted to do because he wanted to watch all the games, and he wanted to be in the warm comfort with his buddies hanging out. He didn't want to spend 200 bucks on a ticket. You know what I mean? And I don't blame him. I don't want to go to a football game because, for me, I want to be watching. Otherwise, you're looking at your phone the whole time. I'm looking at my fantasy. I'm looking at my bets. I'm looking at my texts. I'm like, you know, like, uh, and and the TV timeouts and the injury timeouts and now the replay timeouts. And it's like, it's painful to go to a game. And the traffic, the first thing you're doing is looking at your watch. What time are we out of here? So I was just talking to my friends yesterday. We live in the New York area for most of our lives. The Meadowlands, which is now whatever it's called, uh, MetLife Stadium. You, it took you forever to get there and forever more to get home. So you're really going to go for eight hours for a game like that? No. So what, what a lot of us used to do was go early, 10 a.m. for the 1 o'clock, get there, set up a tailgate, have an amazing tailgate, and leave at 1230. We'd be home by 1 right <laughs> back on our couch. We had a great fun time at the tailgate, and now we get to watch the game. Why would you want to go to a football game? I don't see it. You know, obviously people do, but I when you when you relate that stat, I could totally see why. Yeah, um, and then just, I, I I I couldn't agree more though on the talk about the the personalities uh, you know needed for you know uh, a new sport. Uh, you know, Luke and I we we talk all about uh, e- esports all the time, right? I mean, for a while that was going to be the hot new thing, right? Esports, uh, all these owners of professional teams are are buying into these different you know leagues for for these different video games and my my whole point was um there needs to be you know uh personalities right people like you know uh i you know conor mcgregor for example right you love him or you hate him but either way you're 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 gonna watch him right uh but some of these these guys that play video games the the win the grand prize and the confetti's falling and they're just standing there you know uh emotionless as the as the confetti falls so uh i i couldn't agree more that uh, for a, a growing uh, new sports league, you got to have people that are, like I said, either whether you love them or you hate them, but they're going to make headlines and, and you're going to watch them either win or, or lose and, you know, uh, and, and need, need to see what happens. Um, yeah. yeah, no doubt. I was going to say no doubt about that. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I don't, I don't know, Luke, if you had any other, uh, any other questions before, before we wrap up? No, that's great. I appreciate your time, Andrew. Thanks for joining us. Great to see you guys. Always love talking to you. I'm here for you anytime. Um, love what you guys are doing. You know I'm a fan, and I'll keep. Uh, we'll stay close for sure. Sounds Thanks good. again. You going to Phoenix? Yeah, we'll be there. Yeah, Sounds definitely. good. See you in Phoenix. Love it. Thank you guys. Happy holidays. Take care. And we are back. Thanks once again to Andrew for for joining us, and uh, uh, thank you to Luke for uh, for bringing Andrew on, onto the podcast. I know you guys have. Uh, had several uh, run-ins and and uh, you guys kind of sparked a friendship when when you were living uh, in New Jersey as was he uh, pre pre COVID. Yeah, I mean, look when he when he first emailed their inbox saying I had this Raptors to win the East ticket, it was uh, clearly a uh, an offshore bet. Uh, we had no idea that each other lived in the same state, and uh, after that, I went to his country club and. You know, he's introduced us to some investors and become a really good company friend. So appreciate him uh, joining this week.
Absolutely. Uh, and uh, he's now in Florida. Uh, you might have heard uh, some lawnmowers going off in the background, uh, but uh, he's uh, he's definitely enjoying that uh, that sunshine. Um, uh, not, mowing not, the, not mowing any lawns in Denver or Chicago. No, no. Um, so uh, it's that time of the show uh, for Steak or Swap. First up, we will be talking a little MVP action in the NFL. Uh, Jalen Hurts was the favorite uh, entering last week. Uh, He was still the favorite after uh, the Eagles defeated the Bears in Chicago, which, Luke, you were at that game. Uh, However, today, uh, injury news has broken uh, that uh, Hurts is injured. Uh, We still don't really know the extent of the injury quite yet, um, but he is currently Five and a half to one now to win the MVP after being minus one fifty uh, after the game on Sunday. Uh, so, Luke, I'll start with you. Are you staking or swapping Jalen Hurts? Yeah, um, I'm going to stake Jalen Hurts at plus five fifty. I still think there's value there. He was the favorite to win, as you mentioned before the game. Um, you know, I was with uh, Jalen's trainer at the game. The trainer with Gabe, who we've had in the podcast, was unaware that there was even an injury, uh, and he communicates with Lane throughout the game sometimes at halftime. Um, so one small tidbit where we don't think it's as serious as some reports are right there. And then, you know, uh, they the Eagles wanted the Saints to lose, so they played the Saints in Week 17. They wanted the Saints to lose yesterday, so that game would be irrelevant for the Saints and Eagles. So they were already going to try and rest their starters in week 17, the Eagles were. So um, I think just missing one extra game, and I get it, it's it's a the game against Dallas. It's a big game. Everyone was had this on their schedule as a, a marquee matchup. So And voters tend to sensationalize that type of thing. So that would be the only thing I can think of. But at plus 550, and he was minus 150, you know, 24 hours ago, I still think there's value. Yeah, uh, I I agree. I am I'm going to stake Jalen Hurts as well at at plus five fifty. Uh, everything I've read, it seems like the injury is not that serious. Uh, they have a three game lead on the Cowboys in the division now. Uh, they're pretty much got even like the, the number one spot locked up. Uh, I think when it's all said and done, uh, I really don't think the voters will or, or should hold you know one miss you know if he misses one game which is what I, th- I think the initial reports are if he misses one game due to injury i really don't think that the the voters are going to hold that against him um and i really think this this is a huge overreaction in the market uh mahomes is now minus 350 just based off this injury news that we don't really know how bad it is so um if you know if if he ends up just missing one game i think this, this is going to be a huge overreaction um I also would kind of maybe look at sprinkling a little bit on, on Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. Um, you know, even though Mahomes is, is leading in, in yards uh, and has more throwing touchdowns, it's just, I don't know. I, I think there's, there's still a little value on, on Allen and Burrow. And in fact, the actually that those two teams play on Monday night on January 2nd. Um, and as I've said time and time again on this podcast, having you play playing on prime time and you're in the MVP race, Go, you know, uh, makes a huge difference. Now, granted, they could both have bad games, but if one of those guys breaks out on Monday night uh, and they're, you know, they're towards the top of the the favor list, I I think there's also some some value there on on Burrow and Allen. But uh, regardless, I think this is a huge overreaction, and you're basically getting a guy who was 
minus 150 yesterday, now plus 550. Uh, and I feel like that reaction is based on this presumption that he's missing the entire regular season. Now, it could be wrong. Maybe he, maybe they're, the Eagles are trying to make it seem like it's not that bad, and he end up will he will miss every uh, remaining game. Um, if that's the case, then I could see him not getting it. But if it's just one game, then um, I think there's a, a lot of value at, at plus five fifty. Yeah, what a what a turn he's he's had. I mean, you look. Obviously, I lived in Atlantic City last year during the season. I mean, there was. That last season was his first full season as quarterback, and there was talks that, like, let's go out and get a quarterback this offseason. A lot of talks in Philadelphia. Um, and to, for fast forward till, you know, nearing the end of this regular season where he was, as of yesterday morning, was the front runner to an MVP. I mean, just completely, completely 180-degree turn for his his career in Philadelphia. Yeah, no, he's, he's definitely been um... – extremely impressive and 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 that offense in in, in general has been impressive uh which um you know and i think it's, there's been a great job done by by nick sirianni uh which leads me to the the second uh event i want to talk about for sneaker swap uh dan campbell to win coach of the year uh currently at plus 175 uh now why do i bring up uh nick sirianni uh because he's the favorite um but and Dan Campbell is the second favorite uh, on this list. Uh, I could not swap this fast enough. I, I would be swapping Dan Campbell plus 175 to win coach of the year so fast. Um, now, mind you, he, the Lions were one and six, and Dan Campbell was 300 to one. Uh, actually, not not too long ago. He was, uh, this, this was during the winning streak, but on December 5th, Dan Campbell was 300 to one to win coach of the year. And now he's plus 175. Now I get it. They've won what? Six games in a row. They, they were one and six and now they're, and now they're seven and seven. Um, but, and look, I love Dan Campbell. I thought he was great on hard knocks. Um, you know, love what they're doing with the offense, but I can't remember a time where a coach won coach of the year and they didn't even win their own division. Right, the, the Vikings clinched the the NFC North. The Lions maybe might make the playoffs, but if they lose another game, like they, they could be on the outside looking in. And look, we like the Lions. We talked about them last week. I think there was a great value at 150 to one. Now they're down to like 50 to one, and it, uh, with just one game. So I like the Lions. I just cannot imagine awarding a guy you know be, who started one and six and you know made it at the seventh wild card spot. Um, I just think that there's uh, no value in that plus 175. And if you've got Dan Campbell ticket at any number, not just 300 to one, but if you've got any number and you can sell it at two to one odds, I would be doing that in a heartbeat. Completely agree here. Um, so I will also swap Dan Campbell doing coach of the year. It's funny that you bring this up uh, on my weekly interviews with Mike North, uh, our Chicago radio legend and Carmen DeFalco. Uh, now a superstar in his own right on, on ESPN Chicago. They asked me, "What are my thoughts on Dan Campbell?" And they were twelve. He was twelve to one last week, and to your point, three hundred to one earlier this month. I mean, his odds are just plummeting. But um, for the exact same logic, got to win your division. The Eagles are an absolute juggernaut. Like I just feel like the Eagles, if they continue to perform the way that they are, they're just going to sweep every award if everyone stays healthy enough. So. Um, I agree. I uh, I would be selling my Dan Campbell future on prop swap. And again, like you could have pounced him on him at twelve to one last week. So um, and three hundred to one a few weeks ago. So tons of value, and hopefully uh, some people post those on prop swap as we close the season down. Yeah, 
And look, the the offense is doing great. I, I love what they're doing with the offense. But their defense is 31st in the league in, in points allowed and 31st in the league in yards allowed, okay? Like, I, that you can't say that he's, you know, done the, the, a, a well-rounded job like Nick Sirianni does uh, in Philly or Kyle Shanahan, who I think if Brock Purdy keeps winning games, yeah. I think there's there's value uh, on on Shanahan, who is currently uh, 12 to 1, one uh, yeah. to win coach of the year. And then a guy who I don't know why he does not get – any love, uh, but he has completely turned this team from you know not making the playoffs to now the the perennial favorite is Sean McDermott. I don't know why that guy does not get enough love. He's currently ninety five to one. They've got a great shot to be the number one seed in the AFC, but it's like oh because they've got Josh Allen and they were the favorite coming in. Like I, I get you know Andy Reid. You know he I feel like you know he had that run already, but I don't know. I feel like Sean McDermott over his past couple of years has been completely overlooked in in the coach of the year uh, and never gets enough love. But uh, yeah, Nick Sirianni. In fact, I would actually say a Nick Sirianni coach of the year ticket is a great hedge against Jalen Hurts because I if the voters end up penalizing Hurts for missing a couple of games, I could see them in turn being like, well. We're not going to give Hurst the MVP, but we're going to give Sirianni Coach of the Year and have that kind of, um, you know, try and cancel each other out with that. So uh, I think, yeah, Nick Sirianni at minus one sixty five, I think, has value as does Kyle Shanahan at, at, at twelve to one. But Dan Campbell at plus one seventy five just uh, it just blows my mind. Agreed. Um, so uh, again, love the Lions, but uh, would not I would I would stake the team, but I would swap the coach. Um, so uh, that will do it uh, for, for this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating, and we will talk to you next week.